Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Trumpet Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Current events, local world news, and trending. Welcome to the show this Sunday at 9 a.m., June the 20th. Thank you for joining. I hope everybody out there is having a uh, a good weekend. Here we are, the 20th of June, and just over, a little bit over a week, 10 days or whatever, uh, we will be into July and we'll be right into the summertime. And actually today marks the first day of summer here in North America. Now, it also today is Father's Day. And we like to put out there a happy Father's Day to all the fathers around the world. And for those out there who are celebrating a birthday on June the 20th, such as I am, happy birthday to you as well. It's going to be another great day out there. Lots of sunshine, blue skies to welcome the first day of summer, the longest day of the year, as we'll have daylight till at least 9.35 p.m. this evening. So if you're going to be out and about today, Going for the walks in the parks. Kids are going to go play in the in the playgrounds or the splash pads. Uh, be safe out there. And, uh, yeah, just remember to, you know, keep social distancing. Wear your mask if you can't be doing that. Sanitize your hands as we're, you know, moving forward. And um, things are beginning to, you know, getting a little better. And... Uh, be able to do more things out there. Um, now, here in Canada, um, we had hit, had hit this important target with uh, 20% of the eligible population is now fully vaccinated. So now... But it's just great news. And I believe we are up around that 70% of all Canadians with at least one vaccine dose, is which is also another milestone on the uh, increased rate of getting the vaccines into the arms of all eligible Canadians. Now, for those 12 years and older, 
and are, and, uh, um, are now fully vaccinated and nearly 75% of the eligible population has received the one dose of a vaccine. Now, the thing is here too, ladies and gentlemen, you know, with um, easing restrictions, not only easing restrictions in each province across Canada and our territories. Um, I did talk a little bit about yesterday about the government, um, you know, about the, uh, the United States in, in the Canada land border um, that once again, it's uh, shuttered to um, international travel for another 30 days, which has been going on since a year ago, that only essential travel can cross the border, and that's truck drivers and anybody who is an essential worker on the other side of the border. Now, this has caused, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, problems with being able to visit loved ones on either side of the border. Now, we have uh, plenty of Americans that live here in Canada and work here in Canada, and obviously they have their family in the United States. Um, I mean, if they did travel, if they did fly into the United States, because you can't do it by land, upon their return, they'd have to follow the quarantine rules. Now, people, you know, when it comes to, you know, compassionate, or it comes to, um, you know, maybe husband and wife, or, or husband, or or, or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, these sort of things are just going to have to wait. But I can understand when it comes to um, for compassionate reasons. If a loved one is, is ill and you want to be able to, you know, either go into the United States or uh, come into Canada uh, via land border, Things, you know, unfortunately are moving slowly when it comes to the land border. The important thing here is that, you know, they, they do, they do want to be able to connect. They want to be able to, to um, connect the loved ones. It's something that potentially they're going to be working on in order to uh, get things processed and, and be able to open up the land border between Canada and the United States slowly. Now, when it comes to the modeling and it's suggested that when 75% of the eligible population is fully vaccinated, 
provinces and territorials could begin loosening personal measures, including physical distancing and wearing face masks. And that 75% of the population is fully vaccinated. We're at 20%. Maybe by the end of August, maybe by the end of September, we could hit that milestone of fully vaccinated Canadians where we could ease those physical distancing and mask wearing. Now, our Prime Minister of Canada, he's doubling down on these targets and he's maintained that Canadians will need to meet that COVID-19 vaccine target of 75% of the total population with a first dose and 20% with two doses before the federal government lifts restrictions at the Canadian border. We've hit this milestone. Right now, being extended to July 21st, he, our, our prime minister is going to stick to his word. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Happy Father's Day to you if you're a father, or happy Father's Day to your father. And to those who are celebrating a birthday on this day of June 20th, happy birthday to you, such as I am celebrating a birthday and Father's Day at the same time. So happy birthday to everybody, and happy Father's Day out there to all the fathers around the world. Now, you know, there's been a lot of, um, there's a lot of, a, a lot of talk going on right now because, uh, with the Canada in the United States border, you know, um, with the, the uh, vaccines getting out into the arms and, you know, so many uh, different organizations and, and businesses and governments, you know, are, you know, kind of like arguing the point of that, okay, we've hit this, this, this percentage of vaccines at, you know, we're only at like 75% of one dose of the vaccine. And we're only at 20% of the total population of Canada with two shots of of the of the vaccine we're not out of the woods here the pandemic is not over you know frustration is mounting you know we have you know canada in the united states has the longest undefended border in the world many cities border the United States and that brings in a lot of tourism and both sides of the border. Now, it has been hurting a lot of people, businesses, the employees, and that seems to go, you know, entire, over across the entire country here in Canada. Now in each province here in Canada, in our territories, we are, we are just now beginning to start to open up things in stages. 
here in Ontario where I reside, we're only in stage one. And that means that we can sit on a patio and enjoy a beverage with four people at a table, no indoor dining. <clears throat> Recreation is, is, is opened up so people can go out and, and uh, uh, enjoy the outdoors. Stores uh, uh, that uh, were shuttered um, are now um, allowed to open up as long as their business faces the street. So that means malls are not open. So when we, when we, when we start talking about the, the land border, you know, just imagine, just imagine that we said, okay, we're going to open up the border and, you know, it would become a free-for-all. Even the United States is not fully vaccinated. And if we did that at this point in time without any sort of, of program in place of any documentation proving that you've been vaccinated to come into Canada via the land border, we have no way of telling at, at that at this point in time. So we would have a free-for-all and then we would risk everything that we've been working towards and potentially, you know, then shutting the borders for even longer and well into next year. And we'd have closures left and right in this province, in this country, and we'd be moving backwards and we would not be very happy over here. Our prime minister of Canada said from the get go that he is going to protect all Canadians at all costs. And he's doing just that. Here in Ontario, we are open enough that we can help our own businesses across Ontario to start to recover. We can travel all around this region and visit all other places and spend our money in all these other places to help our small businesses to start to recover. We have plenty of people, we have the population here in Ontario to start doing that. The provincial lines, now people can go regionally, people can cross from Manitoba into Ontario and people from Quebec can come into Ontario. Now, when I was looking at um, part of this, this, this story um, yesterday, um, uh, with uh, the uh, um, politicians um, on the um, 
on the American side, you know, disapproving Canada keeping its borders closed. Well, that's just too damn bad. You know, and when and and when they're using when they're when they're uh, using language such as bullshit, you know, too damn bad. And I'm not kidding. You know, this is the language that they're using. You know, calling it utterly bullshit that Canada is not opening up its borders. Now, I said yesterday, look, if the United States, you want to open up the side of your border, go right ahead. You put some sort of plan in there. Open up your borders if you want to do that on the American side. Now, whether Canadians will travel over to the United States land border, if that were to happen, that's to remain seen. Because you certainly don't have it under control in the United States. You didn't have the coronavirus under control from the get-go. You haven't reached 50% capacity of fully vaccinated Americans. A lot of states there in the United States have only only received one single dose of the vaccine. You know, we here in Canada, 75% of, of eligible Canadians have received at least one dose. And we're only 20% vaccinated. So we're not fully vaccinated either. You know, and then they're, they're, they're you know, the politicians on, on the on the American side, you know, are saying that that um, Joe Biden is caving into the prime minister of Canada. What, what the hell is Joe Biden going to do? You know, make us open up our border. Not going to happen. He can't. You know, the two sides. Here in Canada, the United States, the Prime Minister, the President of the United States, and and people who sit on on other boards have been working closely together, and all sitting down and agreeing that the border between Canada and the United States is still going to be closed until July twenty first. Now, he, he, you know, Higgins, you know, <clears throat> you know, go, goes on to say that, oh, we just open up our side of the border. Like I said, go right ahead. But the border has to, has to open up unilaterally. And there has to be, uh, you know, protocols in place. Now, I can see it, it's going to look very different. There's going to be some sort of some sort of, of um, um, legal passport um, showing 
and be able to have all your health information in order to cross the border. Both sides. When is that going to take place? How is it going to look? Well, that's remained to be seen. They have another 30 days to work on some sort of plan. And as more people get vaccinated, maybe by the end of the summer. Now, a poll conducted here in Canada suggests that the majority of Canadians would like to see that border closed until the end of summer. Here, and I can tell you right now, here, just in the province of Ontario, where I reside, we have been through three lockdowns and stay-at-home orders. Shuttered businesses, closed schools, which, by the way, schools are still closed. They're not returning to in-class until September. We're not prepared to go through a fourth wave and have to shutter the doors of businesses, businesses and put people out of work for a fourth time. We're not fully opened here. We're not even going into stage two reopening until at least July the 2nd. So it doesn't matter if we had, if, if Canada had, had reached that milestone of 75% of eligible Canadians have received at least one dose and 20% has received two doses. That's not enough. We're hoping by the end of the summer here in Canada that all people will be able to get their second dose and by maybe October, we'll be fully vaccinated here in Canada or pretty damn close. Hopefully at least 75% fully vaccinated. I can't see... Honestly, I cannot see the border between Canada, the land border between Canada and the United States opening up this summer. Our Premier of Ontario has spoken to the Prime Minister on a daily basis on how important it is to keep the restrictions on the border. Well, isn't that just great? My phone is on the other side of the room. I hope you enjoyed the music there. That's hilarious.
you got to give me like two seconds because I got to go to the other side of the room and grab that phone and put it on silence. I will be right back. Alrighty then. Thank you for being patient. You know, I was thinking about that earlier that I needed to put my, my phone on silence. And then I started the show at 9 a.m. and I'm thinking, well, it's on the other side of the room. You know, maybe, maybe not. It won't, you know, you won't be able to hear the phone go off, but Oh, well, that happens when we are on a live show and these microphones, they pick up any little sound that is out there. So, um, you know, our, 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 um, our top doctor here in Canada too, um, uh, Dr. Teresa Tam, um, you know, when we're talking about, um, with the, with the Canada, in the United States border, you know, they're not taking into account that the that the um, the previous federal modeling it did not take into account that the highly contagious Delta variant, which she says has surged by sixty six percent over the past week here in Canada. It's not just here in Canada either, ladies and gentlemen. It's in the United States. It's all over the world. Now, as of Friday, with this new variant, there's just over, they have confirmed just another 2,000 confirmed cases of that variant. Three days ago, the public health agency told that the Canadian press there were 1,187 confirmed cases of this new variant. We don't need that to get out of control. Of all the trials and tribulations in the struggles and the financial hardship and, and our, our mental stability and our, just our, our, our mental health, we've gone through enough. Not just here in Canada, the United States, Europe, So when I, when I, you know, when I hear the frustrating mounting and then I, when, when I hear politicians 
you know, basically and blatantly calling it bullshit that Canada's not going to open up the borders. I don't feel for you. And that's the kind of language people are going to use. Supposed to be politicians, supposed to be professional people. They can put all the pressure they want on their own president. But the president of the United States cannot make Canada open up their border. Now, when you have these sort of this, this Delta variant, which is much more highly contagious, and that's why it's so important to, to um, take these precautions and the need to get two doses of vaccines into as many people as possible. And we're only at 20% of fully vaccinated Canadians. Now this Delta variant, it's, it is at least 1.5 times as contagious as the Alpha variant first in, identified in the United Kingdom. Now the Alpha variant for now, it's the dominant variant in, in Canada with more than 216,000 cases confirmed. So I don't I don't know I don't you know I don't understand why you know people would think that it's okay to open up the borders right now. You know I get it, you know ladies and gentlemen. I mean tourism on both sides of the, of the border are hurting. But everybody is hurting. You know, just because we have certain things open right now here in Ontario and across Canada doesn't mean that everybody's back to their, their full financial potential. People aren't back to, to working full-time hours, especially people who work in a mall, because the malls right now are not even open. And to be able to recoup that money lost over the year of this pandemic of all these shutdowns and closures, you're never going to recoup that money. It's a loss and it's going to stay a loss. Businesses that, you know, in cities that border the United States 
and vice versa. Support your communities, ladies and gentlemen, for the time being. Su support your businesses for the time being. You have the population to do it. As we have the population, Ontario is the largest populated province in all of Canada. Of over 16 million people. We can support our small businesses on our border cities. To help them at least gain a foothold. But we cannot allow the borders to be open as though there was never a pandemic. Things will come down the road and rules are going to be put in place and it's going to be very different. And it's probably going to be very different for some time. Well, hello to you and hello to your family, and welcome to the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me. Now, if anybody want to, you know, comment, you're more than welcome to comment. And you're more than welcome to call in and you're more than welcome to talk to me. Now on this part of the show, um, I wanted to um, talk about small towns and a little history of the of of their beginnings now maybe maybe yourself or you know somebody who is growing up in a small town And maybe men are ge generations of their family. Maybe that's how their, their, their generation of their family began. Was from a small town. Now this little small town. Called Brussels, Ontario, Canada. It was established in 1855. And this village of Brussels was originally named Annelyville after William Annely, who was first settled in the area. The name was changed to Brussels 
after the name of the Great Western Railway Station at the edge of town. And when the community was officially incorporated on December 24th, 1873, on a walk through the village, it is easy to turn one's imagination back into a late Victorian times when farm villages dotted southwestern Ontario, Brussels has managed to re retrain much of its architectural flavor of the period just before and after the 1900s. Now, last weekend, I was in Brussels, Ontario, Canada, and doing a live show from there. And walking down that, that main street, you could see the Victorian times, the heritage of these buildings. Now, there's so many different things, you know, because they have this United Church and it's still standing there today and it was built in 1877. And it is still in use. Now, there's also a, a little small brick cottage it was built in 1900. It still stands there today. Small towns offer so many different things, so many different varieties of, of, of um, sights and sounds and, and, and flavors. And, and you have that small town hospitality. You know, you have that small town county fair. Have anybody's ever been to a small town county fair? Now, the reason why, too, I was in, in Brussels, Ontario is because I know a couple that had just moved there, had just bought a home there, and I went up there to visit. And um, I was really um, struck by the, uh, the heritage buildings as we're walking down Main Street as though you were you were walking down the main street as though it was in the 1800s a small eastern east western town and they still have the stockyards you know of course you know as, as 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 we're in the 21st century yeah they have a they have a small uh grocery store you know a bank i mean even small towns back in the 1800s had a bank but um there's one this one concept to to uh somewhat there's one building front um It had stuff that you could buy 
um, back in the day um, for 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 pennies. You know, um, you know. Imagine, imagine even a dollar. If you had a dollar back in eighteen seventy five, how far that dollar would go. You know, me growing up as a kid in the big city, you know, growing up in the 60s, you know, if you had a dollar, I could buy a hundred candies. Penny candy was common. 25 cents, you could get a goodie bag and it would have 30, 40 candies in it. Today, you can't even do that. You can't send a kid to the store with 25 cents and go buy something because that's not possible anymore. Now, between 18, or 1860 and 1875, the entire business section was leveled three times. There was further disastrous fires in 1905, and each time the town rebuilt, saving what it could. And that's pretty impressive. I know of a, of a big uh, a retail business here in the city of London that started back in the early 1800s when, when London, Ontario was just a town. And that was Kings Mills department store. It too had suffered a lot of damage from fires back in the day and the Kings Mill family to rebuild that business on the same place that it stood. It's pretty amazing that um, they were able to keep some of the heritage. And same, you know, with with businesses here, there in Brussels, of the of imagine losing entire business section. You know, back in in, in 1875 and then being able to rebuild it and saving what it could. But like I say, when you walk down the streets of small towns and you look at the buildings and you look at the homes, you can see that heritage. You can, you can see the generations of people that have grown up there and, and continue to live there and prosper. Some people move to small towns from the big cities because they want to retire and they want to retire in a small community and they want it to be a lot quieter than all the hustles and bustles of the big cities. You get away from the light pollution and the noise. I know when I was visiting up there in Brussels, uh, last weekend, we were sitting out outside around the fire and you look up into the sky and it's full of stars. 
here in the city with all the light pollution, you won't see millions of stars. But when you get out into the country and you have that, no, you know, there's no noise pollution. You can hear a whisper. You can hear that breeze ruffle through the trees. And the air, when you breathe it, it just seems different. Because you're not sitting at a curbside patio as cars are going by and blowing all that pollution out of their exhaust. Small town living. Maybe someday that's something that I'll do. But if you have a chance to, to, to visit small towns and see their heritage and, you know, you meet the people of a small town, young or old, they all have a story to tell. So the next time you're out and about and you're taking a country drive, take a moment to stop in a small town and see what it's all about. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this morning. And again, um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there around the world. And of course, to anybody out there, this is June 20th. If you are celebrating a birthday today, happy birthday to you, as I am celebrating my birthday today. I turn 58. And I hope for plenty more so I can keep coming out here and doing my show and having guests like you on my show. I thank you. I appreciate you. I thank you for your likes. Now get out there. Enjoy the nice weather. I'm hoping you're having nice weather where you're from here in Southern Ontario, Canada. It's going to be a beautiful sunny day, beautiful, warm first day of summer. So get out there and enjoy it and be safe. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Take care, everybody, and thank you.